Hey, dear listener, Anthony here. Before we hop into the show, I wanted to let you know about an incredible new resource we just released, The Five Rules of Investing. Dan and I are huge advocates of modeling the behaviors of the people who have done what you hope to do. And who better to model when it comes to investing than legendary investors like Warren Buffett, Howard Marks, and Ray Dalio? This free ebook breaks down the simple time-tested strategies of billionaire real estate investors that you can use to take your investing to the next level. So head over to InvictusMultifamily.com and grab your ebook today. All right, now let's hop into the show. Hello and welcome to Multifamily Investing Made Simple, the podcast that's all about taking the complexity out of real estate investing so that you, my friend, can take action today. I'm your host, Anthony Vecino of Invictus Capital, joined by Dan the Tantrum Kruger. Mm. For you listeners, that weird noise was me having a visual tantrum for the viewers. This guy, he can't handle himself. And if you weren't aware... How does Coco have a tantrum? Does Does she throw... She actually, she throws like the mildest. She's like the most chill baby, like her upset. She only like really cry cries if like it's once in a very blue moon, if there's like a serious problem. Um, Define serious, like interest rates are rising. Yes. War war in Ukraine. (laughs) Uh, No, like teeth hurting. Elon Musk buying uh, Twitter. I'm okay with that actually. Oh yeah. He's on the board, right? He's on the board. Yeah. He owns, what, 9% or something? Like that? that should make Twitter better. I'm cool with it. Um, everything he touches seems to get better, so go, maybe Twitter cannot suck. Put him on the board that. of everything. Yeah, he's on our board. Bet you guys didn't know that. He um, doesn't know yet. He doesn't know that either. But, uh, <laughs> so. We are putting his name on things. All right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that might get us sued. We're not really. That he's was not actually on the board of directors or anything like that, so just you know, don't add us. Anywho, let's, uh, let's get to the meat of t- today's entree. Um, a couple of years ago, we helped an investor save, I don't know exactly what the number was, but let's say $250,000 in taxes. He had, here, here's, let me lay the groundwork. Um, we were closing a deal. I think this was Granny Goodrich. It was. It was Granny Goodrich. Was. Okay. So this was November, 2020. We were closing before the end of the year. A guy, our, a buddy comes to us and he's like, Hey, I got like $200,000 of, uh, if I don't wipe this out, I need depreciation. If I don't wipe this out, I'm gonna have a big tax bill. I think the tax bill was about 200 K. Yeah, that's what it was. was. So, and so he's like, I need $200,000 of depreciation. We're like, good luck. (laughs) Okay. That's a lot. Um, (laughs) yeah. So, um, with about only a couple weeks before the end of the year to get this thing done, uh, we scrambled in having conversations with his CPA or CPA and, and found a pretty interesting solution that we had never known. Like it wasn't on our radar before that. Mm-hmm. Um, so we want to share that story and the solution that was, that was found um, that was interesting. Um, but then we'll also share a, a way to get it done way easier um, at the end, way, way easier. And then uh, before we do any of that, just remember guys, we're not tax advisors. This is not tax advice. It's not financial advice or anything like that. We're talking taxes over here only through the scope of our very limited experience. Yeah. We're just telling you a story. We're telling you a story. to us for, Entertainment purposes. Yeah. And, and we may not actually tell it entirely accurately because it's been, it's been a while. It's been two years. Yeah. And so our minds are foggy. Like, have you seen us? Yeah. <sighs> I try to forget everything immediately after it happens. Mm-hmm. And it just keeps life more interesting. But yeah, yeah. Um, yeah let's, let's kind of explain what the heck's going on here. So for, for most, for, for those of you that don't know, 
commercial real estate and in the residential space, anything above five units, you have the ability to accelerate depreciation, which means that instead of dividing up the value of the building over 27 and a half years for apartment buildings or if it's a different type of property, it might be you know, 30 some years, uh, instead of taking that depreciation over that long of a timeline, you're able to accelerate that and actually take the vast majority of it in the first year with something called bonus depreciation. And so we do that on all our properties because it gives a, a great tax benefit to our investors. And for that reason, a lot of people, when they need to clean up a tax bill, look to real estate. And that's what uh, our, our buddy did with this uh, situation. So he came to us, like you said, mm-hmm. in a couple of weeks before we're closing. It's November. And he had you know less than six weeks to yeah. get this all squared away. So he didn't know the IRS 200 grand. So here's here's the thing is when it, we, this was a syndication, and we had this thing fully funded. Um, yeah, we were done. We were done. <laughs> like we were, we were through. There was not any more. There was no more room in the deal. And, the, and all the paperwork, all the paperwork, docs, everything. everything was done. And this guy wasn't in there. We, we had, so. oh man, this, uh, yeah, this this is bringing back some bad memories. Now, cause, like <laughs> You're we, getting triggered now. If you've ever had to have a legal <laughs> team, like rewrite documents, within in December before the end of the year, it sucks. The whole thing. Anyways, in a syndication, passive investors do get to, you know, benefit in the depreciation, but it's usually pro rata to their level of ownership. So let's say you invest a say a hundred thousand dollars and the capital raise is one million dollars. So you own ten percent of the LP and let's say the deal is seventy five twenty five to seventy five going to the LPs, that means you probably own somewhere around seven or eight percent of the entire deal which entitles you to about 7 or 8% of the depreciation, right? I think the honestly, I think the simpler way to explain it is typically people see about on the low end 45 to 50%, on the higher end 60 to 70% of whatever they invested coming back as a loss on their K1. Yeah. That's typically what happens. So, so if you put in 100 grand, you might see 50 or 60 grand of losses. So you can imagine in this situation where the guy needs to wipe out 200,000, let's say, at those numbers, he's he's going to have to put in like 800,000. That was my math right? No, about no. Half of that. What was that about half? Oh, four hundred thousand. Yeah. Sorry, carried the one. Never do math in public; it's bad. Anyways, <laughs> so he would have had to put in like, and the capital raise itself was only like one point five million. So yeah, he would have put good. like we already had the deal full. It like was full. there was no way that that, that was going to happen. Um, so we're like, well, what else could we do? And the solution that was was found was well, we could bring him into the GP, which we didn't want to give up GP shares because that's how we get paid, right? Like so to bring bring him in, we need to make it a very nominal amount. Um, so I think we gave him like point. It was less than a percent. Like yeah, yeah, it was very, very, very small fraction of the GP. Now, as coming into the GP, we are able to funnel our depreciation, the depreciation that we would have been entitled to, which on this deal would have been about 30% of it, right? Let's say the ownership split was 70, 30 or 75, 25. Um, so we could funnel that all to him. So he'd get all our depreciation, which would go a very long way mm-hmm. to helping him cover the thing. Now the nuance here, and I don't remember exactly what the verbiage was, but effectively he had to carry risk yeah. in order for him to participate in the GP and us for it to be able to funnel the depreciation to him. So he actually needed to indemnify us. So Dan and I are signed on the loan with the bank, which is recourse. And so what he pretty much did is wrote a side letter that says, Hey, I'm indemnifying those two. So if they default on it, like you can come after me mm-hmm. And I'm, it's pretty much a double recourse. Yeah, there needs to be a, there needs to be a risk of loss in order mm-hmm. to get the benefit of depreciation. That's really the, the, the IRS nuance that you need to have. So either you put in capital like an investor does and they get their pro rata share per how much capital they put in, or uh, they take on some other risk of loss. In this case, uh, him signing on the loan or, 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 or you know, sign, effectively guaranteeing the loan 
on our behalf and taking that risk off of our plate and onto his. Now, mm-hmm. we already had a bunch of depreciation from other stuff coming in this year. We so we're like, I mean, yeah, we don't really need the depreciation on this one deal. So why not? Let's do it. Actually, in hindsight, it turned out I did need a little bit. Yep. So that's a whole I, I, actually got, I got a little bit burned in all yeah, this. because That's a triggered yeah. episode for you. That was a little triggered. Yeah. But, you know, we tried it. Lead with value. That's one of our core values. So that's what it is. <laughs> Anyways, so that was a very convoluted structure. Mm-hmm. Um, and what was interesting about the indemnification is that I think we signed it only for two years. So it actually lapses. And like, yeah, there's an option. Year. There's an option to exercise yeah. it or for it to, to disappear um, so that he can get out of the deal or whatever. Um, so that's, that's a very convoluted way to execute what we did. And that was a result of the timeline, the syndication. Um, the very much easier way is just to do a joint venture. Mm-hmm. And as a joint venture, if it had just been me, Dan, and this other guy, then we can just funnel all of the depreciation in the deal to him. Yeah. Right? And so if you're somebody who has like, maybe you're a real estate professional, you have a spouse, because this is how the conversation came up today. I was talking to somebody who has a wife who makes half a million dollars. He's like, well, I'm a real estate professional. I want to wipe out hers. I was like, you should be going to do, because he was thinking about uh, being a passive investor in syndications. I was like, there's better ways to get depreciation than just that. Go do a joint venture with somebody get all of the depreciation because maybe they don't need it. Go find a partner that doesn't need it and then use that to wash, wash out. So, yeah. Yeah. You could do like one or two deals like that a year that you're doing as a JV just for that depreciation and then mm-hmm. do a bunch of other LP, LP stuff to actually make money on. You can, yeah. Yeah. And, and you got to find the right operators, mm-hmm. right people to partner with. We actually do a number of these. We don't talk about it a ton. Yeah. Um, not specifically for this purpose, but we do a lot of smaller JVs with our investors when they have 1031 money or just other reasons like other nuances in their life that um, we can be flexible and come up with a solution. It's one of the great things about being a small scrappy company. We can, you know, find a, find a way to make the deal work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We have the time to do it too. And I the mean, desire. It's yeah. fun. Except for when Anthony gets a tax bill. Yes. <laughs> Anyways. So that is how we saved one of our investors, one of our friends, uh, over $200,000 in just period, full stop in taxes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was pretty awesome. Felt good. Um, it's a lot of work, though. A lot of work. I don't know if I would do it again. And <laughs> if you came to me in December, I'm probably not going to do it again for you guys. So yeah. Give me more time. Sh- figure that out early. Yeah, come give to us in August. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe June. So that's going to do it for us, guys. If you got any value out of this, um, if you got a new game plan that you can go and hopefully save on some taxes, then you owe it to us. You owe us $200,000 or I'll make you a special one-time offer. Go leave a review on iTunes and we'll call it good. It's a pretty good deal. Pretty, pretty good. Yeah. I'm not going to give that deal again. So go take me up on that. Go drop a review on iTunes. Let us know how much you love or hate the episode. And we'll see you next week. Hey, thanks for joining us for another episode of Multifamily Investing Made Simple. If you enjoyed the show, could you do us a massive favor? Head over to iTunes and leave a five-star rating and review. Your feedback, it means the world to us as it helps us grow and spread the word about multifamily investing. And don't forget, sharing is caring. So fire this episode over to any friends or family who you think could benefit from learning all about multifamily investing. Thanks, guys. We appreciate every single one of you, and we'll see you on the next show.